Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. Welcome back. How do you? How's it going? It's, we're here at How We Season for episode 169. Uh, this week we're covering the Fablemans. This is a a big movie right now because of the Oscar buzz. Uh, this is a Best Picture nomination along with uh, nine other fabulous movies. So we decided to do this since we had unwittingly uh, had hit all these other Oscar nominations. That's right. Um, you know, I think I think in all we've done six uh, on the podcast now. Um, uh, but it, not including um, a couple that I didn't see, but Steve did. And we're going to talk about those. But Top Gun Maverick, I, uh, we talked about that. We talked about uh, we're going to talk about Fablemans today, the uh, Banshees of Inisherin, everything, everywhere, all at once. Elvis, uh, we didn't talk about Avatar: Way of Water, but uh, we did see it, and All Quiet on the Western Front. So That's we, right. we hit a bunch of them. Ones we didn't get were Triangles of Sadness, Tar, and Women Talking Ball. We didn't get to those. I didn't get to those. Uh, I wanted to. I wanted to see Triangles of Sadness really bad. Uh, I even downloaded it on my iPad. I tried to take it to work. I was going to see if I could <laughs> sneak it in at work. And it just, it, it, it's a bad week for me at work for watching a movie. So I was able to get them all in. So, so when, you know, I think at the end of this podcast, if we start talking about our best uh, picks for uh, best picture, um, my opinion will count more than yours. So. It probably would anyways, just because you've got that film background. You are the one that went to school for this crap. I am just a meathead that likes to go to the movies. So, um, you know, uh, you know, everybody could probably guess what my favorite one would be based on my typical movie, uh, but they'd be wrong. Um, you know, so which is which is interesting to me because I, I have never been one to follow Best Picture uh, watching of the Oscars. Uh, and and, you know, it's just. I always, I always like things that kind of get snubbed and because they're more big blow-em-ups, big action, you know, more popcorn movies, and these are usually thinkers. Yeah, I, I think I have, a, I have a notion of what your pick would be, and that's based off, off the podcast. Um, I don't think it necessarily would have been something I would have picked pre-podcast, but uh, no, yeah. I've listened. Well, I've you listened know me, something. though. Yeah. <laughs> you know me a little better than... Yeah, but I think I, I, know, I know you more uh, now that we've been doing yeah. this podcast. You know? True, true, <laughs> so. true, true. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Okay. Here we go. Uh, let's get into this. Let's uh, before we get into get into the Fablemans, though. Uh, one of the things here on uh, how we seize it is we. <laughs> I'm jacked up today. My I've got a I got a thing with my sinus, and so one of my ears is plugged, and it has been screwing me up. Like my balance is off. My I, I keep my ear pops in and out, which totally distracts me. So if I, I if I sound like I'm a little off, that's part of what it is. I'm I'm running on very little sleep these last couple of days. I've had chills in the middle of the night. I think it might be weather related. We've had these the, you know these cold fronts blowing in with the 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 cold, and it's just not something we're as acclimated to. <laughs> but you know uh, that should so. be going away. I saw a perfect meme today that had they were arresting Elsa from uh, Frozen. They said they got her. <laughs> uh, California should be warming up here anytime 
soon. Uh, so hopefully that gotcha. <laughs> I laughed. I laughed out loud at that one. My wife even laughed out loud. It was great. But here on here we <laughs> here on how we seize it. We like to pair a pod or pair a podcast <laughs> to a cocktail. It's kind of right. Pair a cocktail to our podcast, and there's no different uh, today. Um, when you hear my uh, mine, you'll probably understand why I'm a little speechless already because uh, I've already I've been sipping into it. I usually wait till oh the, gosh. <laughs> uh, I usually wait till we get going, but I, I had to get going on this one just because I had to know. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna get into that real quick here, and uh, I want to start with Steve. Go ahead. Uh, okay, um, I'm calling mine "Ask Oscar's Last Duel," and um, it's based off a cocktail I found called uh, "Last Duel Negroni." Um, so it's based; it's a Negroni style, and um, I, I gravitated towards the name because uh, "Last Duel" uh, reminded me of Spielberg's first movie, which was "Duel." And this is his mm. last movie. I mean, it's not his last, last movie. But <laughs> as of now, he doesn't have another right. project that, he, that he's working on. So um, um, this was his last movie. So I liked that. Um, and then I started digging in a little bit more. I changed it up a little bit. And I tried to add some ingredients based on the other Academy Award nominees that I watched. Because mm -hmm. I ended up watching Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking, and Tar as well. So I added a little ingredient um, on top of that. So okay. first off, the, the last dual Negroni, uh, the base, the base uh, recipe is one ounce gin, one ounce uh, Lille Blanc, one ounce of Campari with um, blueberries and fresh thyme. Um, I, I so once I saw the the time I got a little uh, intrigued because that reminded me of Tar and Tar she uses uh, the the lead uses time as kind of a I mean well she's a she's an she is a, a head conductor of an orchestra and so time is a big part of, of oh, okay uh, of the conversation that's going on in that movie which which I I can get into since you haven't seen it and I don't know if you if you're going to see it uh, I don't know how, I, much, I don't how think deep I am. you want to get but <laughs> but anyway so this has some fresh thyme I said okay there's my ingredient for tar then um, I added a cherry um, because in women talking there's a little boy that gets a cherry stuck in its nose I didn't lodge this in my nose before I put it in the cocktail <laughs> but I did add it to the cocktail. And then I'm pairing it with a side of pretzels to go along with it. Um, and the side of pretzels is straight out of um, Triangle of Sadness. And if you've seen that movie, you might catch the reference. But okay. I did also turn it into a sour. Um, and, and that's, I think, a bit of a reflection of my opinion of, of Fableman's. I was a little let down by it, so I thought uh, sour made more sense. You were a little sense. soured on it. <laughs> I was a little soured on it. So uh, in the end, the, the, uh, I, I changed up the, the ratios a bit, too. So it's one and a half ounces of gin, one ounce of Lille Rouge, which is what I had. I didn't have Lille Blanc, uh, three-quarter ounces of Campari, three-quarter ounces of uh, lemon juice, um, quarter ounce of simple syrup, Muddled some uh, blueberries in there, added the egg white, gave it a shake, and double-strained it into a glass, added some fresh thyme, and um, and a cherry. So I'm kind of interested how the thyme, uh, how the thyme, because it's, I didn't muddle the thyme, so maybe it's just, it's just kind of on the nose there, but, mm. yep, that's nice. That's nice. Really nice. good. So that's, that's my good. Oscar's last duel, and of nice. course, I got my side of pretzels to go along with it, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's hear what you got. <laughs> cool. All right. So I, I I was going through watching the Fablemans and and I too was a little kind of 
let down by this movie. Uh, just from Spielberg, I always expect something spectacular, and this just seemed to to be kind of less than that. Now, it's a, it's more of a think piece than I think he usually does, and so that was what... But I was just going through what, what I enjoyed, and the one part of the show that I really enjoyed was um, the girlfriend uh, <laughs> that he got. Um, I'm trying to think of her name off, off the top of my head. It's uh, Monica, I believe it is. Monica Sherwood, yes. And so uh, the scenes with her were just... She, she brought such a, a, a light to this to this movie for me she was just so fun and and energetic and and someone someone that you're like i want every scene to have her in it because she did just something about her brought them brought the movie out of this funk yeah i agree she had a certain uh intriguing innocence but almost at the same time she was very alive and uh yeah yeah Uh, and uh, just a beautiful smile but the scene where um she wanted him to pray and she wanted him to breathe in Jesus and stuff like that. And I thought about that, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to find a cocktail for that. So I looked for, you know, something to breathe in Jesus, and I found a drink called the Breath of God. And I'm like, that's it's pretty good. And then I pulled up the recipe for it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be a, a, a kick-in-the-pants kind of drink. So uh, it, it, it is uh, one and a half ounces of... Um, Normally in the in this in the in the recipe I found it was Bacardi 151. Well, I couldn't find Bacardi 151 anywhere, and I found out that it was discontinued back in 2016 because they said it was just it's too powerful. People get too fucked up on it, and I can attest to that because that happened to me a uh, little bit out of high school myself. But I did have a uh, bottle of uh, Rum Fire, which is an overproof uh, rum, which is is close to uh, 151. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it is. It's like 65 percent instead of 75 percent, but still nice, nice overproof, overproofed rum. One and a half ounces of Wild Turkey 101. So 101 proof Wild Turkey. When got that from the store, happened to find it. No problems there. Uh, one and a half ounces of Southern Comfort. Uh, it said in this Southern Comfort peach liquor. And I was like, okay. So I looked that up at it. And I'm like, I'm not finding anything that says peach on it. And it turns out that Southern Comfort is just basically a whiskey or uh, that has peach in it. It's 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 oh. brewed with peaches, so it just has a little peach flavor to it. So it, uh, it already comes with that. It, yeah, they call so, it peach liquor. Just just uh, yeah, just kind of confused the shit out of me. Got it. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, so that's a, that's another one. I uh, that's a, I believe that one's a seventy or an eighty proof too. So one and a half ounces, all that. Throw in uh, quarter, uh, three quarter ounce grenadine. Stir it up. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Nothing else. I actually garnished with a little bit of lemon, just hoping that it would just add something to it. Holy moly. It is a uh, strong drink. If you're into drinking high-proof uh, alcohol, it's very good. Even with the grenadine, the grenadine doesn't, doesn't overpower at all? It's No, okay. no. You barely tell it's there. Okay. You, you, it, it gives it just a tad sweetness. It, it just What it kind of does is take just, just take a, a, a slight edge off of it. Gives it a little bit, but it's it's like drinking gasoline almost, uh, like a, a well flavored gasoline, let's call. It. Um, so I'm not one to drink a lot of heavy, high proof alcohol straight, and that's pretty much what it was. The other thing is, I also put this in a shaker with ice because I wanted it cold. I thought it'd be better cold than than just lukewarm, but um, it didn't really help at all. <laughs> so, uh, but it is the breath of God, and I think the reason they call it that is because when you take a big drink of this. 
the only thing you're getting is the breath of God because there's no way else you're getting a breath in there because your body just shuts down and says, nope, nothing else is coming in. I don't want to know what's going on there. So I had to go with the breath of God. So uh, basically because Monica was the best part of this for me and I love that whole scene with her and the, uh, the wanting to pray with me and it basically was him going, I'll do whatever you want. Even though I'm Jewish, I'll pray with you because <laughs> I want to kiss you. Right. And and as a, as a young boy myself, I know exactly what it was because even though I wasn't religious, I would have done anything she asked to kiss her. So, so the standard breath of God recipe you doesn't call for lemon juice, but you, you added that. No, I add I yeah. added a little twist of lemon. No, that's good because that that kind of validated the fact that you put it in a shaker because uh, typically that's for citrus. Oh, I did it after I, I poured it in and then just did the twist over the top and rim and rimmed it. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I put the, I put it in. Some the might shaker, say then then you just do a stir if you want to get it cold. You could, but uh, but I wanted I didn't put ice in the cup. Right. Um, it, and and so I did the shake with the ice to get it cold. Um, faster and then pour it in. So that's all it was. But it is strong. Um, I don't know if I'll ever make that one again. Uh, I've had that rum fire for a while. Uh, I'm trying to find ways to get rid of it. <laughs> so uh, it's been in a couple of podcasts. I think I used it to burn one time with my my Hulk, Hulk uh, Raging Fire. And <laughs> so well, one of these days I'll find a way. But uh, so, yeah, it's it's not bad. I have a backup drink just, just so I don't have to, to just get that one down and, and have that as my only taste in my mouth. All right, now that that's been said, and that's also why I, I drank about half of it before we got started, so that might be why I'm a little, little off to start. Right. Uh, let's get into this, the Fablemans. Uh, so uh, this was uh, growing up in a post-war era, Arizona, young Sammy Fableman aspires to become a filmmaker as he reaches adolescence but soon discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of film can help him see the truth. That's straight from IMDb. Thank you. I didn't come up with that on my own. Uh, but that's kind of, really, that describes the movie. Uh, kind, kind of. I, I, I thought it was, it kind of was, it split itself up into almost different smaller stories. Um, and because it's actually beginning, begins in New Jersey and ends up in yeah. uh, Silicon Valley or, or pre-Silicon Valley in the same area, but I don't think they coined the term Silicon Valley until the early Yeah, 70s they said Northern California, like and I wasn't really sure exactly where they were talking about. I, well, IBM, it's, it's Silicon Valley. I mean, that was the idea where his, and, and all these, most of these characters are based on Spielberg's, on real characters. They've all been renamed, um, but. Right. Uh, well, did he grow, he grew up in Northern California? Um, do you know? I know I don't know much about Spielberg personally. I didn't I didn't go into his history to see the comparisons, but I know that this is very much, uh, you know, semi autobiographical. He wrote the story uh, yeah. as, as along with someone else, um, and uh, and this is very much based on his life, very much based on the people he 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 knew, his father, his mother. So I I would I would, and and he's told the story before about how he met John Ford. And it's pretty much verbatim. Uh, that was okay. So I, I think I think it's fair to to believe that 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 was the 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 same places that he he moved around to. True. Um, I was just curious if you knew yeah. what what town it was. Well, I mean, Marin Marin is where uh, they were. Right. You know, that's where ILM was with George Lucas and doing Raiders of Lost Ark and a lot of you know we when we did our Raiders of Lost Ark, Ark podcast, I think we talked about how they wrote that script together and that was mm -hmm. up in the up in northern california just just right you know one yeah just one, south of one us. county south of us so uh, <laughs> so it makes sense to think that this is this is where he ended up 
Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, what happened there? Interesting. On what? Oh, I, I'm You're playing mumbling. with my computer. I, 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 <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to find out where uh, Steven Spielberg went to high school. Oh, okay. Um, and it did. It did something weird. Okay. Saratoga High. So yeah, he was uh, down at Silicon Valley, San Jose area. Okay, makes sense. All right. Um, so yeah, this was. This was. I mean. I knew going in that it was going to be Steel, Spielberg's movie about Spielberg. Uh, he just changed the name to protect the, the innocent, apparently. <laughs> um, you know, but no, he, he actually, uh, he, there was a reason for going with Fablemans. Um, and I guess Spiel and Fable are both words that uh, denote a tale. And so he thought it was kind of a good play on words as the, the tailman, you know. Uh, so I thought, I, thought, I thought it worked out well. I thought the Fableman's name was really clever yeah it is clever yeah um and so uh it's a it's a very interesting movie um the things that really jump out and grab me about this movie was the acting the story was subpar but the acting was above and beyond um i think uh um um michelle williams plays uh mitzi fableman his mom and oh my god dude she was ridiculously good in this like almost almost to the verge of like you think someone's overacting but then you think about the person she's playing you go nah that's probably how it was <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so uh and then paul dano i don't know something about just seeing him on the screen playing this part after watching him not so long ago in uh the batman and in uh there will be uh or a uh, uh What's the the blood one? Um, yeah, there, there will, will be, be blood. blood. Sure. I start, <laughs> I started to go there and go. Wait, no, is it country film? No, it's there <laughs> will be blood. But just seeing him do this character, after seeing those, you're like, home, oh, dude's got range. <laughs> you know, it just he, he did such a good job. And even uh, the young um, uh, Gabriel uh, Labella playing Sammy uh, was just did a, a really really good job too. Like I, I believed every bit of everything those guys did. Um, Judd, uh, Judd Hirsch came in as Uncle Boris and just killed it for about, you know. I loved Uncle minutes. Boris. He was only there for, for just a brief moment, but, uh. But he killed everybody who was there. He was almost, he was almost cringy to the point you were like, oh, fuck, I don't know if I want to watch this anymore. It was so <laughs> intense. Like, he was well, just. He took it all that, played. He kind of took that traditional Jewish trope of, of, a and, and, and made it fascinating and interesting and pushed it to 11 in, in an effective way yeah. he even got a, a, an academy award uh, supporting role nod and we'll see yes we'll see how that goes but i mean yeah for just the amount of screen time he was there he was uh he was very riveting you know yeah I, I i kind of hoped he would come back later <laughs> i i kind of did too um the sisters in this were, were really good uh the girl the the punks at the high school everything was great monica sherwood uh, played by Col Chloe East was was fabulous. Uh, I want to go see her and more stuff now. Um, the only thing that really did I didn't care about this movie was the fact that Seth Rogen was in it. I, yeah, of course, yeah. But <laughs> but the, yeah, I, you know that's going. I just in. can't go, look at him and like to it. I, I thought he did he did well. One of the things I think Spielberg is really oh, he's good easy at, to hate. <laughs> one one of the things Spielberg is really good, and I'm I'm just just in general with 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 performers is really capturing their best their their best light um i wasn't i don't think i was quite as taken with with the 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 
performances as you were, but I think that was more because I thought the content was a little lacking or a little... See, a that's little, why I thought little, it was so much better. A little flat, um, is that it relied more on the performances to elevate yes. it. And um, so, yes, it did feel like it was an elevated... Uh, you know, you take kind of a, a, a little bit of a flat... Um, derivative almost screenplay and elevate it with performances and direction. And that's what this, this felt like to me. So, right. Um, I, I agree. Like the, the story didn't help them at all. And that's why I thought the acting seemed so good is because they, <laughs> they were given crap and turned it into a polished turd. Uh, you know, <laughs> kind of thing, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this movie's crap. I, I, I did enjoy it. It wasn't, it wasn't great. This is something I'll probably never go watch back again. I might watch some YouTube scenes, individual scenes once in a while just to see Chloe again. But uh, no, uh, other than that, I'm I'm not impressed with this movie. I'm kind of I'm kind of just I'm a little a little disappointed. First off, my mom kept begging me to go see this. She went and saw it a little <laughs> while ago, and and you know this this is a, a director that that. I, I, I mean, people have probably heard the, the, of course, people have heard the Raiders of Lost Ark podcast we did. Um, but, of course they uh, have. That's, that's what I've if always considered. If you haven't, go back and check it out. <laughs> that's what I've always considered my favorite movie um, growing up and just kind of always resonates. And Well, and E.T., isn't that one of your also top, yes. uh, top movies? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And uh, so certainly that's, that's Spielberg. And then I kind of had the same childhood where yes. I made movies and I went to film school and, and oh I so thought you caught your mom cheating on film no I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry that no but my parents did split up when I was uh, when I went to uh, college so okay. uh, I and um, you know it wasn't well, I'm not going to get into details on that, but uh, yeah, we don't need to. Do that. <laughs> but uh, that was a bad joke on my part. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but interesting enough, yeah, there is there is some commonalities with this, and so <laughs> I was certainly drawn towards the. I, I shot in uh, video, you know. I this was the age of, of video cameras, but I right, did, right, right. So, I, so I, I, it was tough to edit. I had to kind of edit in sequence. I had to kind of visually edit it, the, the films ahead or the, the movies I made ahead of, time ahead of time so that I could cut where I wanted to and start recording because I didn't have any sort of equipment for editing. When I got to film oh, school, okay. that changed because then I could start working on uh, working on side-by-side -side recorders and I also got into to film then. I did a 30-minute, you can check it out on YouTube. I even posted it. My 30-minute my, my 16-millimeter uh, sync sound film and I did the same thing where I cut the film, you know, where I had and to scrape off the emulsion yeah. and, and glue it together. <laughs> um, I, you know, this is, you've got a work print you're working with and, but you send it off to a, to a company to, and actually you have to be there for the, for the edit where they have, you know, you've got two different reels so that they can seamlessly cut back and forth and they make a, they make a, a final print with this. And then I also had a whole bunch of, of tracks of sound, you know, about, eight different sounds. So all this stuff has to be going simultaneously, but again, it's all glued together. And, and, <laughs> and uh, I remember at the time when I, I had to go to, go to Hollywood to, uh, to pay, to have it all final finalized. It took me years to finish this thing. But, um, and while it was being cut in the middle of it, the, one of the, one of my splices broke and I had to, oh, I had to like geez. break it out and like, you know, glue it all right there. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was crazy. So, so that stuff is, and it's all about 
timing, you know, you have to make sure it all syncs up because if it gets out yeah. of sync. So, well, uh, I, I thought that was this, that was what was going to be a draw to this to use because uh, it was similar to your story. A, in a way. Absolutely. And that's why my mom was really eager yes. for me to see it, too. And not only that, but it's Spielberg, which so so I think uh, I think there was a place in my heart for this movie. It just seemed like. It didn't. It didn't have that Spielberg magic, to tell you the truth. No. It seemed like it was a little, a little lacking in that. Yeah. So listening to some podcasts, some people brought up, and and this isn't my my take, but uh, it it resonated with me when they said it is. Is this a Spielberg ego moment? Right? Is this is this movie his ego saying, "Oh, look at me." You know, because of, of everything he's done, he's, I mean, he is an incredible uh, uh, filmmaker. He's always, he's going to go down as one of the best always, forever. Yeah. But is it, I mean, this just seemed like such a lackluster. And, 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 uh, and I, um, there's some other uh, filmmakers that apparently have put out these, these semi autobiographical uh, movies about themselves. And it's kind of like, did you use that as a, as an adjective? Yes. Semi I did. autobiographical. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Good job. You know me. I'm going to, well I'm going to take this. I'm going to, I'm going to take the English language. Like I do Campo. I'm going to throw it on the floor, take the pieces that work and put it back together. As you see fit. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it just, it, it seemed like a little bit of an ego project and, and, uh, for someone like him, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, to shit on his movie that you know you can't do an ego project. I just expected more. I don't know why. Um, and maybe this was him going back a, a step and saying, "Look, I know I can do these fantastical things. Let me do this little bit of this art piece a little bit. This is more of a kind of a, a art house movie, if you if you know, for lack of a better word." Yeah, I th I, I think certainly any sort of memoir is going to be self gratification going on but I, I don't think he he got went overboard I don't I think maybe that might be why it came across a little less than because he he was afraid of okay. o over egoizing it <laughs> how's that for a I, I, there took, you go. I took the word from it. the ground and picked it up and threw it into my head <laughs> sentence how I, how I saw fit um, and because uh, I didn't get the I didn't get the feeling that that he was he, showing himself off. He, I, I think a lot of this too was a lot to do. Uh, people were saying that um, this movie was a lot to, uh, it was made for his parents in a way to kind of tell their story and his story combined, you know, the, the, what happened with the family and how his mother was this artistic person and, and went through this, this, these traumas and whatever, and the, her life and, and whatever it was and, and how her father, or his father, sorry, his father, you know, was there and he was just, you know, genius and, and he did everything for his family and it, in a way it kind of hurt the family because he, he did everything for him, but he wasn't there for him in a way if that, you know, yeah. so they were, they were saying, so there's a lot of that and, and it's hard to make a spectacular ET style movie when you're doing that and when you're touching on these, these these hard subjects and, and, you know, getting personal with them. So I, I could see that too. His uh, father, I saw just recently passed in uh, yeah. 2020 at the age of 103, um, which I believe they actually greenlit production just a year prior. So I don't know. I don't know if the hope was for his father to see it or if it's easier because of the subject matter to. He kind of, um, I, I hear that Spielberg was kind of, 
torn. Like he wanted to be able, because it, it was kind of like an apology to his father too, is what he was saying. Is like, you know, because he was mad and and angry with his father for a long time. Uh, it, but this was kind of a way to also apologize for some of that. And same thing with his mother. And so I, I just, I, I thought it was interesting. And, and, and you know what? Like I said, the guy's got more money than, than he knows what to do with. He can do whatever <laughs> he wants. He, he's, he, you know, he's got a green, he can, he can just say, I'm going to film this and no one's, everybody's just going to be like, yeah, do what you get to do. You, you know, I, I don't know how much of this is, 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 is real. Cause sometimes you just have the things you say, mm-hmm. but he's made such wonderful movies and he says he doesn't like committing to a project unless he's passionate about it now how he defines that passion i'm not sure but uh he said he made this movie and he he doesn't know what he's going to do next just because he really put all his eggs in one basket for this and and, and it really was kind of a box office dud compared to to most of his stuff but i'm looking back on his his movies and he's he's really hit and miss with some of his stuff i mean some of it (laughs) resonates so much but then in the last in the last 10 years i can you know, he did Lincoln. That was a really uh, big one. The, but I don't think he's had really a, an, a successful a movie since then. I mean, I don't think Bridges Spies was very successful. BFG, certainly not. The Post, not really. Ready Player One, uh, we podcast on yeah, that one. We'll, we'll disagree <laughs> on that one. <laughs> um <laughs> West Side Story and then The Fablemans. But, uh, you know, he's also, you know, he was the director who did Raiders of the Lost Ark, but then he also did Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And so... Um, he, true, true. He's He has his, his misses. You know, he, he doesn't... He can't turn everything into a into a golden... Yeah. Golden goose or golden... Well, I mean, it, if you look at... <laughs> ticket. Oh, sorry. I, I was what, just... I I golden Ticket. <laughs> I was looking at his director where... Oh. This damn IND jumped around. But yeah, they were saying he he hasn't had a really like hit in a while. And um so it it kind of, you know, makes it hard for him to to, you know, be that person he was that before that everybody knows and everybody's expecting another Jaws and everybody's expecting another, you know, ET. Uh so it's 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 hard to kind of uh well I put think everything. I, I think he's correct, though, in that in that passion is what should drive you. Because if you can't, if you're not passionate about something, there's no way you're going to be able to turn it into something. Out of you, you know, you can't right. just you can't just phone it in. And so it's good to know that that's not what he's up to. Um, but uh, you know, you hear interviews with with Bob Dylan, who talks about some of his early work that he says he's just he's not able to write that way because he he wasn't he's no longer tapped into that magic you know it's just not right, something yeah. he can he can uh, ride it's not anymore. an in, it's not an endless well yeah. it's not an endless well so uh but, but do i think that's the case with with a spielberg no i think he's he, i think he could he could i mean looking at looking at his stuff was lincoln a good movie Lincoln, well, that was Daniel Day-Lewis and, uh, okay. and Sally Fields that, you know, so there were performances that really made that effective. And so it was a big hit in that regard. Because um, I'm looking at his, 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 you know, his IMDb and um, Munich catch and me War if you can. Munich and War of, the, War of the Worlds in 2005 both were very, very good. Catch Me If You Can was great. I liked it. Yeah. That. 
But that's almost 20 years ago. Yeah, Minority Report. Minority so, Report. Yeah, I, Saving AI. Private Ryan, of course. That's one that we've talked about a ton, although we've never podcasted yeah, on that. Yeah, so I, it, it's been like 20 years. I mean, he was he was knocking him out of the park just left and right early on. I mean, Hook, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Lost World, although, uh, Saving he, Private Ryan. Yeah, I, but he still he still had kind of duds in between. I, I wasn't a big fan of Hook. I wasn't certainly... Much of- I, it's not a it's not the masterpiece but uh if you were a kid at that age or you know when that came out it, it's i i was a peter pan nut when i was young i was you know we talked about down uh alice in wonderland yeah. that was one of my five was peter pan so i was all over it so when hook came out that's that live action hook <laughs> you know peter pan i'm like sure. oh my god so and i i mean you know Robin Williams, anything he's in is, is great. But Saving Private Ryan is definitely my favorite movie of his for sure. Um, so, yeah, just interesting. But yeah, it it was one of those ones. I was just curious if you if you felt it was an ego project too, um, just because you know of what it was. Uh, I don't necessarily think it was an ego project, but uh, I, I don't bet know. he was afraid that it would be considered an e- ego project. Um, true, I, I don't true. think he's one that, that wants to parade his, his talent around in a, in that sort of a way. So, so it probably took, I mean, I think, I think the idea for it was a long time ago <laughs> and uh, you know, he sat on it for a long time. So it, 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 I, so I, I think he was pretty humble, but couple little things directly in the movie, like little scenes and stuff that, that I, I kind of uh, listened to people talk about and made me think or I thought of myself. One of the ones that it just uh, someone said this and, and I was like, oh, God, it makes so much sense is why would uh, Monica be so, you know, in in entranced with him? Right. Hmm. Because she's so in love with Jesus and stuff like that. Well, someone brought up, she goes, well, she just wanted to make out with Jesus. And Jesus was a Jew, and he was a Jew, so therefore she was making out with Jesus. And I was like, oh, my God, that, that fucking makes too much sense. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, I, I got you, I got you. But I, I just thought that was funny. I mean, I don't think that's really the case, but I, just, I thought it was hilarious when, when the person said, I can't even remember what podcast, because the podcasts I listened to were, like, new ones that I've, I've never listened to, which... Some were good, some were bad, some I had to get like two, three, four minutes in. I'm like, nope, I can't, I can't, I just can't. Hopefully nobody ever has to do that to our podcast. I, I really hope that's not the case, but if it is, I understand. It happens. Well, we start by inspiring drinking, and so once they get, yeah. that, you know, they get that drink down, and then they can handle any of it, anything we have to say. I, what we're saying is, is, is we have to drink to watch some of these movies. You guys probably have to drink to listen to some of these podcasts. I, I remember early on we talked about rating the movie based on how yeah. many drinks it would take <laughs> to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. Um, one of the things I didn't, and this is, this is you know, we talked about the, the scene um, with Uncle Boris, with uh, Judd Hirsch, is, you know, he was talking about um, art will destroy the family, right? Him being an artist and him being so into it will destroy the family. And I didn't necessarily understand why that... <laughs> This is me going, not, that's not necessarily true. Like, you don't, you can be an artist and not destroy your family and destroy the, the love. You can have love for more than one thing. And I, I just, it was one of those things is that I understand what he was trying to do with the message and he was trying to move his, his, his show along and stuff like that. But I thought it was, it was kind of, I didn't agree with the message. And I, I just was curious on what you thought, uh, just because it was something that made me think, you know, deeply about what was, what was being said in this movie. 
Well, I mean, what's what's the most popular movie on most people's list is uh, Godfather, and it's all about you know family um, and right. And so, the, I think the point they're making is that sometimes we find that we're drawn towards something that is at odds with with what is good for the family. Uh, we, you know, and, and this was just simply the choice of doing his movie on a Saturday when he has the crew showing up versus cutting together the film for his his mother, who's who's you know suffering the trauma of her own mother's uh, death. So. And he chooses, you know, he's he's saying, no, I want to I want to I want to make my movie. And so it's suddenly at odds with with family. What is it? So. So I think that's what what was really being drawn attention. I get it. I I mean, I get that part. That was kind of a a off the surface because it was more just his dad that had the problem. The rest of the family didn't know about it, didn't care about it, didn't really cause any issues. It was more his dad. Well, and it, it was it was more his dad dealing with the fact that I think his dad knew from get go that uh, uh, Benny was a, uh, a a dick and was you know was the bad guy and and he didn't and he was too nice of a guy to do anything about it. So I get what you're saying. Well, I just well, was like, you know, like I, his mom wanted him to make the movie. So how would that be? destroying it if you're do you know what i mean that's, yeah, that's it's, I, I, it's just could a have been, poor metaphor for me i mean if you if you if you think about work-life balance and, and you know some people who, that some people <laughs> who spend too much time because they're just drawn towards work mm. they're, they're and okay okay and, i got you on that one and when you when you find a passion that you're interested in and make that your your work it can really Compromise what the, the what the Got amount it. of attention you put into family, and so maybe that's something that the the uh, it's it's basically your uncles. love, yeah. Your your love your love of something else is going to take away from your love of your family. Like, yeah, you it's going to you don't have a limitless bucket. You are at risk of sacrificing family for your your art. Your yeah, Got it. Okay. choosing that, um, and and it's just something that I think uh, whether the great uncle is having him just be aware of that or, or promoting it in a sense, or just, yeah. Um, it was, it was just, I mean, it was a strong emotional thing and, and I'm sure it resonated with, with, uh, Spielberg when, um, you know, all these were based off true and apparently that was a, a based on true moments also. Yeah. Even, even the, the premonition that his mom had that his uncle was going to show up and, and fuck everything up. That was, that was apparently true too. So, um, it was it. It was just one of those things. Is it was, you had it was. You have to look at it the right way, and I guess maybe I didn't look at it the right way the first time. But it's a very powerful scene, and so I, I see what he's saying. Um, I had, one, of the, one of the other. Oh, oh go ahead. Oh, you, you go. You did a little little jump skip with your uh, with your audio. I think your your link got a little messed up for a moment. Oh. So I think it was my drinking. I think it's, I'm almost at the end of this God's breath, and I think that was more of it. So it's just a hiccup. I heard the hiccup before, so that was a, a, a an internet hiccup that uh, was drinking, getting some of the fumes of your of your drink, probably. Um, I, I wanted to talk about that, the last scene. And I had the opportunity to see that scene that when he goes and sees John Ford, um, just kind of a, kind of a, I don't know if this was really... Uh, the third, it wasn't really tied to the third act. It was more like a... a, a it was like a, a end credit scene. Yeah, like um, 
like an epilogue in a sense, just like, here's the little, yes. yeah, a stinger or something. Um, and they posted that on YouTube at one point. I guess that got voted in some um, award uh, contest or as, as the best uh, scene of 2022. Um, and I loved it. I thought that's it was so people sucking Spielberg's dick. Come well, on. it's also David that is, Lynch. That too. is literally, <laughs> that is literally people just sucking his dick on, you know what? That, yeah, he can do no wrong. Well, I loved that scene. I, I really thought it was great. Was him and, talking and, to the director or the very end where the, the camera moves? Well, the camera moves is no, I mean, I, I, they didn't have the camera move in the scene they posted on YouTube, so, okay. so I'm, I'm assuming it's the scene where he goes and sees John Ford, which who is portrayed by David Lynch. I'm a huge David Lynch fan too, so <laughs> so seeing the two, seeing him say that stuff was I thought just hilarious. So David Lynch for, for, is, is a is an, a fascinating individual. He's so idea driven, and his whole life is based <laughs> off his projects. He'll do movie projects, but then he'll spend the next two weeks building building a you know a device for his cell phone so that it can do something that he wants he's just he comes up with ideas and he just that's what he does or he cooks and and it's all yeah. it's all very 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 much in the moment so, interesting <laughs> let let me tell you about the scene from the layman's eye yeah it was kind of boring <laughs> if you don't know who uh who was who's this supposed to be john ford if, you, if you're not a, a, a movie nerd and know all the directors from the past and everything like that, or you really don't know the history, you're like, who the fuck's this grumpy old dude that had lipstick on his fucking neck? <laughs> uh, like, seri- I mean, it literally was kind of like, okay, I, I get it. He was inspirational to him. I knew well, he was supposed to he, be this was big he, director. Was he? His, his, his advice was just very... <laughs> uh, well, actually, I think his advice was actually pretty good. For an up-and-coming director, he was basically saying... Don't fucking make boring shit. Yeah. <laughs> Find a way, you know, and so he kind of he kind of did, but I mean, we all know that Spielberg was a genius in in his placing of cameras and his his innovation of technologies and and how he he brought things forward. I mean, Jaws, you know, he brought the the mechanical sh- shark into it. You know, that's and we get that. We show and he shows it in his stuff. But th- to me, it was kind of a this was this was like if you are not a, mo- a movie nerd snob and know all the fucking people and know all the names and not, it was a very boring scene, especially to end on it. The only thing that really saved it is in the end when he's walking out and he's thinking about it and he has the camera kind of do the tilt up so the the horizon changes. It got a giggle. Yeah. Other than that, it was one of the most boring endings of a movie i have seen in a long long time that's interesting because because i really enjoyed that scene when i saw it on youtube and so i was waiting for the movie to to kind of reach that height (laughs) while i was watching it and of course the scene doesn't happen until the very end so it almost kind of let me down for the whole movie and here you're saying that that was you know you're you're really shitting on it which which i get no i get i I totally (laughs) i totally get that i i mean i certainly have a point of view that's from a filmmaker's point of view um i got a kick out of it but uh well but you're also saying because the actor who played it not that not the character that was there that's true you you were more in in, (laughs) and i just saw him as a grumpy old man and like i i I was still going like, who the fuck is John Ford? Am I supposed to know who John? What the fuck? And I went and looked up his movies. He didn't do that great a movie. I mean, he did some some westerns and shit, and he was, I guess, big at his time. But he wasn't like he wasn't a Spielberg of his time either. You know, it's just one of those. As I was kind of like, 
Okay, I get I get it though. In the, in the movie business, if you're into it, you went to movies, you know, you went to uh, film school, and there's a lot of people that do uh, podcasts that do movie reviews and discussions that went to film school, and they like to tell you about it, you know, because then they feel that their their opinions matter more. Uh, I don't think you do that, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but it's one of those things. Is it you know that scene? For those people, where was like the Holy Grail, like oh my God, this is so great. You know, he's talking to John Ford, and there's a big story about that being true and all this. And you know, they and then you know, and then David Lynch being the character, you know, being the actor, and everybody's like, oh my God, David Lynch. And I was like, uh, I didn't realize it was David Lynch. I know, I know David Lynch, but I'm not like, like oh my God, I got to know what David Lynch had for lunch today. So I don't care as much. But it was one of those things. Is it was like it literally was a boring. <laughs> ass scene on the end of a semi-boring movie. Does it... Now, there were a couple things watching this movie kind of enlightened me to some of his past movies. In Raiders of Lost... Or no, in E.T. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. a scene where um, Elliot's kind of tapped into the, the mind of, of E.T. who's watching... I think it's The Quiet Man, which is a John Ford movie, on uh, on TV, sure, and at yeah. the same time, Elliot is kind of acting it out with a, a one of the girls that he's fond of at, at school. Into oh. you know, and he kisses her while the frogs are escaping. You know, it's his it's his funky <laughs> scene and stuff. So there's that. There was another thing that I don't know if this is just my own, you know, carrying it on a little bit further than it really is. But but his his I think it was his his. Closest sister, the one, the, the oldest uh, sister. The oldest. Um, now, Natalie? Her name was Reggie, or, you know, Regina. Okay, Reggie. But she was, also, she was named Reggie, um, and they kind of had a bitter relationship. Now, Reggie wasn't her real name. I think her real name was Anne or Anna or something. Um, well, in the movie, but, she was Reggie. But uh, in the movie, she was Reggie. And there's that, that scene in Raiders Lost Ark uh, when, when Indiana Jones is escaping from after the the boulder rolls after him and he jumps into the river and all those little spear, uh, spears are flying at him and he jumps into the plane and it takes off and there's a snake in the plane and the guy says, you know, oh that's just my pet snake Reggie and and I and I'm I'm wondering if if this was kind of a little dis, <laughs> dis at his sister that uh, you know he named he named he the named snake Reggie. Reggie and he named the character Reggie as well just uh, because he wasn't funny. you know they had a bitter relationship so. <laughs> I actually, um, yeah, it was interesting. I thought, you know, I, I kind of wish the family was a little more involved. The sisters were a little more. We got a lot of the mom. We get so-and-so with the father, but I think that was the relationship with the father. He was there for bits and pieces. It was really the mom that was running things, and she was running things on fucking half the fumes, right? You know, she's she's kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> I mean, really, they got, I, you know, she's not all there, like, Right. You know, she's this artist and, you know, and, and it comes down to it that she was really in love with Benny, you know, and, and if you didn't see that fucking from get go, then you didn't watch the movie because it, it was not a surprise when that came out later. Like, I think it was the very first scene that they're in where they're at the dinner table. I was like, oh, those motherfuckers are having an affair. <laughs> I literally said that. And I, and, and I was just like, and yeah, and it's easy to hate Seth Rogen. So it, they, that's a good casting because... You know, I don't like him. I didn't like him through the whole thing. I never liked him. Um, so it, it was it was just one of those things. But, yeah, it was not a surprise that that was what was, you know, it was a surprise that that was kind of what was causing her to be crazy. But, you know, um, it was also the, the 
she was at home, you know, raising the family, and the father was, you know, he was doing the love of your the love of your uh, hobby destroys your family. Exactly what was going on with the father, right? He right. he loved sure. what he was doing, and that and it took away from his family. And boom, fuck, bingo, right there. I just got it. Uh, it made more sense there. Um, so yeah, that you know, and that was killing her because. You know, I think the family for her was a little bit of her love and and she wanted, you know, she wanted that whole love though too. She needed she needed that father figure and, and Benny swooped in when when dad wasn't there. So the movie, if you look at Rotten Tomatoes and whatnot, it, it certainly has a lot of really high praise. And I watched some YouTube from 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 critics viewers, professional yeah. critics, but regular people are not Okay. Not have it high. Okay. I, so I, I wonder if that's just, it's like you can't. That's people sucking Spielberg's dick. <laughs> it is. It's simply yeah. like, th it's one of those things that you can't talk about him because he's, he's, a, he's a fucking, it's like Lucas. Nobody badmouths Lucas because he's the fucking Star Wars god. You know, he can't do anything wrong. It's the same with Spielberg in this. The critics are going to all praise it. That's, I'm surprised this is up for a best picture. I really am. Yeah, it's a it's a decent movie, but it is not best picture at all. If this wins, I swear to God, that fucking place is rigged as fuck, which is could be true. We don't know. But uh, this is not the best picture. I mean, <laughs> out of the seven or seven that I saw. Right. To me, this is literally. Uh, bottom bottom third for sure. Yeah, I've got um, it. Well, I put, I put a couple below it. Three. I actually put three well, below it. <laughs> okay. So I haven't seen Triangles of Sadness, Tar, or or Women Talking, but right now this with you know if I took those out, this would be number seven. This would be below everything else I saw. Okay. And that includes Elvis, uh, you know, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, Way of Water. All I mean, all of them. It just. No, that's it fair. wasn't as good as those movies. That's fair. I had uh, Fableman's above All Quiet on the Western Front, Elvis, and Avatar. Avatar was my <laughs> least least favorite. But but I really but, okay. I, but I but I get that. I mean, Avatar just you know it was visually very beautiful, mm -hmm. but it was tired story, and there was just and I was really against its message. I thought I thought it was really a message movie, and I didn't think it did. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a disservice well, to its cause the way it kind of created a one-dimensional antagonist. What? Another huh? reason that is is up on Best Picture, though, is because James Cameron. It's another one where critics will suck his dick just because yeah, of but his he name. Didn't, but, he did, and, and, but some people think he got snubbed because he wasn't given a, a director's nomination. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen to you, yeah. I think it's funny. Uh, yeah. um, well, I, you know, I'm just looking at the IMDb scores. And uh, you know, Fablemans is is not. I mean, it's at seven point six, which is below the majority of the other ones. Elvis is below that was seven three. Yeah. Um. Uh, Triangle Sadness seven four, Tar seven five, and talk uh, women talking at seven. So critics may love it. I don't think the normal normal people do as much. Well, you know, the, the movie the movies that I just watched, Tar. Triangle of Sadness and uh, um, Women Talking are not are not the 
the popcorn movies. You're not, you know, um, if you look at this list of, of Oscar nominations, they feel, you know, how many years ago was it that they added uh, up to, they can, you can now nominate up to 10 up movies. To 10. It used to be yeah. five, but then it turned to where it wasn't 10. It was just up to 10. And there's been some years they don't, but this year they filled all those slots and you see movies like Avatar and uh, Top Gun on there, which both sequels, they were just huge at the box office. And so you wonder if that's just a way of trying to draw audiences to the Academy Awards so that they watch because, hey, there's movies that are interesting. <laughs> but I don't know how you rate what's better than something else. Um, it, it's... it's <laughs> It, this is sometimes the challenge I have when we're talking about movies. It's like like last week, I, you know, I thought that was a really well-made series when we talked about Miss um, uh, Marvel. Miss Marvel. At the same time, it, it, it's, it, it wasn't for me. It was, you know. Right. I, so it was, so how do you rate that? How do you, how do you separate true, what's, true. what's good filmmaking to, versus um, what, and, you know, you just got to come up with your own judgment basis you know i can make predictions on what i think is going to win and then i can make you know i can cast my vote <laughs> um yeah well one of the interesting things is like top gun maverick is is on here and it's funny i'm looking at the you know it, it, they're talking about how many votes they got i guess that's for for best picture or whatever there are a lot of a lot of crazy number of votes but it also is the highest grossing of all of these movies not way of why yeah, it's even higher than Way of Water. You're kidding. I thought they that... have it at they have it at, at seven uh seven hundred and eighteen million and Way of Water is six hundred and fifty nine million. Oh domestic, okay. So, okay. I don't know if that's domestic or not, but but I mean Top Gun Maverick was killing it for it still was killing it for a long yeah. time. Um, you know, maybe it's because it was out longer or whatever and they left they re released it and left it in there forever, but I think that had kind of an old fashioned feel to it where people really craved that kind of simple, straightforward entertainment and they wanted that. Yes. And, it, and, it's, and it was still able to kind of embrace that 80s schlock in a sense, that 80s style. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it crosses all the T's and Tim dots Conquers all the I's. Schlock? <laughs> I mean, it, but it's really entertaining. I had it at number four for me. You know, mm -hmm. so um, out of the ten, I I, I rated yeah. them all. I put I got I put mine in orders, uh, one through ten. <laughs> I didn't I didn't sit down and do that, but uh, but we will talk about that. Um, I want to get back into Fableman. Okay, okay. We get too far out of it, and then and then we no no I I took us there. It it was me, so it's okay. Um, you know, I I thought the beginning of this was a, was a really well crafted story. Uh, it reminded me of Batman a little bit. You know, going into the theater, the young kid with the mom and dad, I was like, oh, he's in a theater. They're going to come out and get shot. And I'm like, oh, he's going to turn into Batman. I'm like, that would have been a so much cooler movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> Steven Spielberg is the Batman, you know. <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was really interesting, and I, it made me, uh, you know, it was a really cool um, thought process that he put into, like, how how he became so intrigued with movies, and, and he was so... Um, mesmerized and, and traumatized by that that scene uh, with the train. Um, yeah, that it was kept and, going through his mind and recreating it was very had, therapeutic. Well, not only that, but and, and they talk about it that he had to have control. 
right? He had to have control of everything that was going on. And, and by doing the filming of it, he had, he took back control. And I was like, that's, that's kind of cool. That's, mm -hmm. that was, that was a neat thing to do. And, and, um, I liked, I love that. I love the aspect that they put of him using the camera and learning how to edit and doing all this stuff without YouTube, you know? Uh, so, I mean, it really showed that he had this ingenious about him about filming. Yeah. I love the scene when he's directing the, the high schooler, you know, to, to, you know, during that war scene and he's telling him and the, and the guy's just like, what, what are you talking about? You want me to act? But then he just launches <laughs> into this whole spiel on, on, uh, what he's feeling and stuff. And then you see that, that all that emotion come on the, on the, yeah. the, the, uh, so, the high schooler's face who was just killing it. I mean, he, he played that role beautifully. You saw kind of okay. this dumb, dumb idiot and then turn into like <laughs> such an emotion, you know, he was able to, to emote all that. And I really enjoyed that. I, so here's even a deeper part of that. Okay. There's a cut cut of this original script. I don't know if they even filmed it, but that character was supposed to be a bully of Sammy, the character, or Steven Spielberg. That was a kid that bullied him. And so he put him in this in this spot, and it was almost his way to get back to him, like almost a way to affect his emotions and make him feel so shitty. And I was like, oh, you manipulative little bitch. Well done. Well played, you know, but, it, you know, it's one of those things is that, you know, it, it didn't make it into the movie, but it was, oh, which brings me into another, you know, uh, we get later on when he's in high school and they, and they have him film the, the senior cut day. Right, right. And, you know, this, this whole high school scene is first off, it starts off and, and um, we get the, the, the anti-Semitic, you know, the, the treating him bad because he's a Jew and the, the kids attacking him because he's a Jew, which, um, I'm not to say this didn't happen. I just have never seen it, so I don't understand it. Uh, like, um, I've never seen people go out of their way to just like I couldn't. I couldn't tell you if someone walking down the street is a Jew or not. But uh, you know, I'm also not you know heavily Christian or any of that. So it's like I don't understand that part of it. But I know these things happen and whatever. But so it starts off with them just being against him because he's a Jew. And you get the typical high school punks who are always the the big white jock. You know, they always have the Letterman jacket and, you know, stereotype away with that. And then you got the little punk kid who, you know, is, just seems to be the antagonist, right? Um, then you go, you know, they, they, they beat him up. They punch him in the nose or whatever, and life goes on. He gets his girlfriend, listen to that, ends up filming the beach, the beach uh, scenes for the, the skip day. Right. And then they show this movie. And the main, the main uh, jock Logan bully yeah. guy, Logan, he, he, he paints him this light in this film like he's, he's Adonis, like he's just this fucking golden god of this high school. And the guy doesn't know how to handle it. And I'm like, <laughs> which is apparently is what really happened, right? You know, this, this has really happened. But I, I, and they, they still don't know why, but they just put it in there. And I was kind of like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Like, like, how do you put something in there and, and don't really explain it and don't give us, you know, and I, it, it just, it baffles me as what that was supposed to mean. Like, why, you know, was it, and there's also, and this was something I thought about is, was, was the Spielberg, did he, did he actually, did he put that person in that light to to try and change the narrative between him and, you know, the two of them? Did he actually see him as a good guy and tried to portray it? Because, you know, he also shows the 
the real shitty dude that he knows is a piece of shit as a little weasel in the film. Like, was he really, was he, was he trying to say like film brings out who you really are? You really are a good guy. You just have to quit hanging out with these assholes and, and be yourself. And, you know, I, it was I know what things. you're saying. There were a lot of little <laughs> stories in this movie that felt like they were going to reach some sort of, of conclusion or, or, or best. <laughs> yeah. Message. And it never really amounted to that. And I think, I think Spielberg or, you know, a writer might say, well, that's, that's more true to life. It's, it's, it'd be unrealistic mm. to be able to kind of tie, especially when you're dealing with a memoir, um, that, what it means it's 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 just presenting it but then but then i think it's fair to question well why do you want to share this story just then it becomes like it's an ego thing it's just okay i'm just going to tell you this story this is what happened what did i learned from it no i don't know but this is what it is so yeah, exactly you know um if i if i want a story that doesn't make much sense. I, you know, I want to go see Banshees of Inishirin so that, so that I can, (laughs) you know, try to come up with some sort of narrative, but then be drawn into the, to the language and be drawn into the performances and stuff like that. Have it really, there's so much more richness going on there. And, and the ambiguity draws out more internal conversations and conversations with people. That didn't seem to be the case with this. It's just kind of like, why did that happen? I don't know. And then you're done with it. <laughs> you know, so Yeah. He had he had too many toes and too many buckets in this one. It's like <laughs> I you know, it was like he gave us a little bit of the family craziness and what was going on. To, a little bit of the high off, school. He had to cut off a few of those toes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? It was like you're right. He could have he could have finished some of the stories, like really delve deeper into him making the films or really delve deeper into his relationship with his parents or you know, I, I and I don't know what to cut from this, but it, you know, to change it. But yeah, there was a lot of little stories that didn't give us an ending. They, you know, he didn't put a bow on anything. Yeah, yeah the movies apparently though um, were very much in exact duplicates of the films he made. When right, he was I did see that. Yeah, I said the only thing that he changed was some of the angles or, or things like that. But beyond that, there they are, these the same scripts and, I, and same editing. Yeah. And that's and that's great and uh, and like I said that's that's cool that's kind of what people want to I almost would have rather like okay maybe leave some of the family drama out or leave some you know and then go deeper into the filming that he did and how he learned and how he came up with ideas for it or pull back from maybe the bully stuff and and deal more with the parent stuff uh, or drop the parent stuff and go more into to what he had to deal with as a as an adolescent in a coming of age story. People were saying that a lot of this uh, really showed why he, you know, and I, I didn't know any of this shit, but E.T. is, you know, there's a, it it, it has a uh, uh, a missing father implement to it. And he, they say they have a lot of this stuff in a lot of his movies. And I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I missed that, you know, <laughs> so, you know. I didn't get a they're, sense they're, of the missing father. And, okay, yeah. Well, because they're saying in this, you know, he has the missing father, essentially, because his father was always at work. His father put work first. You, you, father, know, you know, wouldn't that have been fascinating if he drew from his past movies and somehow, like in E.T., they have Peter Coyote plays. Sh- you, you, huh? Did you say? Yeah, sh- show, show, where, show where he gets the ideas from well, and, like for these you, later movies in life. Yeah, there were so many, you know, there were some shots of, you know, the keys. That's how, how they, they represented uh, Peter Coyote's character in E.T. at first, where all you saw were the keys. You never really saw his, uh, yeah, yeah. his head and stuff. And, and he does that in movies sometimes, is he'll, 
he'll focus on something else as, as ways of introducing it. It'd be great if, yeah, he deployed some of those same techniques in almost a way of saying, hey, this is where that idea came from or this. Yeah. And then you, you, you make the whole movie where it, it's, it's different representations of his film, filmatic st film style that he implemented put into this movie. Boy, that, did you see, and I know the answer to this because there's no way you did, <laughs> but did you see the Elton John movie? No. Okay. That was, that was the answer <laughs> You're I was right. um, you know, and I, I only watched a, a little bit of it and I got a little bored to tell you the truth, but I heard a lot about it and it's very much, you know, it's, <laughs> it's very much a musical depiction of his, like a fantasy musical depiction of Elton mm -hmm. John's life. That's, that's the impression I got is that it'd break out into these kind of moments of fantasy to depict some of the songs and stuff. And, and so you're dealing with, you know, a form and content where you're, you're, yeah. you're talking about a character, you're the autobiographical and you're using, uh, something part from, part from their vast, uh, breadth of work Life. and, yeah. and putting it into this movie. And, and maybe you could say Fableman's, it, it still has kind of that old fashioned magical style, the cinematography and, and, um, but, but it doesn't, but it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't, didn't quite get there and uh it didn't it, do any of the magical stuff that spielberg it, is known for it, in the filming also yeah yeah that that'd have been great if if they could have if he could have just like i mean because he could steal from his own work you know he could he could deploy techniques steals from other people um, but yeah you know and kind of introduce <laughs> them throughout where people could say oh that's that's exactly how he did jaws yeah. i've seen that movie. that would have been that would that's have been exactly much how better. he did et and uh pull that stuff out yeah um that's, yeah, I that, like I said, I uh, I don't understand why this is a best picture nomination other than the fact that it's Spielberg and people are going, oh well, it's Spielberg, he's got to be in there. And like, no, no, this is this is where the problems lie. And people talk about, oh, the Oscars are, you know, that's the same old fucking people voting on the same old bullshit. Yeah, you get the same old crap over and over, and it's because of stuff like that, I believe. Not, it's not a bad movie. I'm I, I I'm a little bummed I had to pay five ninety nine to rent it. Um, I, I almost right. paid the $10 to own it, and I'm glad I didn't because I would never go back and watch this. I saved myself $4, but I was also like, fuck, man, why couldn't this have been streaming? You know? Uh, <laughs> well, so. Yeah, I actually uh, paid for Triangle of Sadness because I had mm. dropped Hulu, and I think it's available on Hulu right now. Yeah, I, it is. I could have renewed. It just came out, too. I could have renewed Hulu. I wouldn't <laughs> have had it. I'm not eligible for the 30-day free trial anymore because, I've re you know, I had it recently. So they just, you know. You just got to use a different email. Yeah, I probably could have. Maybe. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think about that. Hey, get it cut out of one of your kids' names. Come on. But anyway, I was a, I was able to, to kind of, I, I felt I felt better just paying for it because I think it was just $2.99 right. on Amazon. Yeah, it was. It was. It was um, cheaper. And it and felt like, oh, well, you know, here I'm supporting uh, getting away from because I, I get a little fed up with exclusive streaming. I like it when it's available yeah. outside of streaming platforms. It's, it's so I want to I want to kind of respect that because it drives me nuts when something's only available if you have exclusive access true, to true, streaming platforms. So I was able to get all the movies for under fourteen ninety nine. So I thought it was still a win, <laughs> a win, win for me to see uh, winner, winner for four yeah. movies. It, although I, I did, I think one of them was on one of the free platforms that I was watching. That I, uh, yeah, they're all out now except for Way of Water, if I'm not mistaken. I think that's the only one that's not. So uh, All Quiet right. on the Western Front is on Netflix. 
Uh, Way of Water is not out yet. Uh, Elvis is on HBO. HBO Max. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is on Showtime. The Banshees of Inna Sharon is on HBO. Uh, Fablemans is you can watch it on Prime for five ninety nine. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is on uh, MGM Plus uh, with Prime uh, Video. Well, MGM uh, Paramount. Okay. Uh, it might it might be the same. I'm just going off of what it says here. I think okay. it is on Paramount because I think I have Paramount. Watch it. Uh, Triangles of Sadness on Hulu. Tar is on Peacock, and uh, Women Talking is on Prime. So it's free on Prime for just a few more days. It just it yeah. just came out yesterday and available up until the Oscars. Yeah. So get out there, watch that if you want. Um, cool. Well, I think I think we've talked a lot about Fablemans. Let's get into some of this this Oscar nomination, Best Picture, uh, what we think is going 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 to happen. Now, uh, I haven't seen them all, but the ones that I've seen, uh, I think are uh, the ones that I haven't seen are are probably not going to win. Other than Triangles of Sadness, may I? It, I have a feeling it's it's a niche watch. Also, it <laughs> I, I was going to watch it at home, but I don't. I, I watched the trailer, and I don't think my wife would be into it just because there, there's a lot of uh, people falling over and getting sick and stuff like that, and I don't think she's going to be into that. <laughs> but for me, as a sailor. And being out to sea and watching that, I'm like, oh my god, that's gonna be fucking hilarious. I, that's gonna make me laugh. <laughs> right. What was the South Korean movie? I don't. We didn't podcast on it, but we talked about um, another one of the same director's movies. Um, it's very much a movie about class and kind of the elite and different. Oh, right, right. Different classes and uh, it's. Oh, that was uh, that was the one that won Best Picture, right? The, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, oh, it's got a name. It sounds like a horror movie, but it's not. You're probably right. It's completely escaping it's me. Bong, but... It's the guy that did uh, uh, um, the train movie. Yeah. Uh, yep. That one. Those right. people that know movies better than us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we could Google right, well, it, but, uh, uh, but I think people know what we're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah. For me, the ones that I saw... Um, if I had to rate which one I think is going to win Best Picture and which one I think should win, um, I've got to go with Everything Everywhere All at Once. You, when you say think, uh, do you is that your? I, are you distinguishing? That's between, my choice. Is that uh, okay? Yeah, that's my choice. Is to, is is if I was going to pick the winner, that's what I would pick. Yeah. Uh, for uh, for Best Picture of the Year is Everything Everywhere All. I, and the I, reason I would. Yeah, I think it's very deserving. The reason I go with that is because it is, for one, it is like nothing else. Yeah, it, it's something that's never been done. I mean, it's it's a it's a movie that you go you don't go oh we've seen that we it, it's been done before. It's not it's it's groundbreaking. It's in totally new. It's 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 a story that is is incredibly done. It's a diverse cast. It's it's it breaks all the the molds that you know. It, it's like nothing else. You know where Elvis. It's it's a story about a, a popular singer from the past. Been done. Uh, Avatar. It's just the first Avatar script thrown in water. <laughs> it, there's nothing new about it. All quiet on the restaurant front. Great Western or a uh, 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 military movie done off of some other you know a book and stuff like that. Great movie for what it is, but it's been done before and it's yeah. been done better. So, you know it's it's uh, Banshees in, of Inisherin. I personally would put it second because it's one of those ones is it's a movie that does nothing, but it does nothing so interestingly yeah. 
it's kind of different. And you're like, oh, my God, okay, I get it. Um, that's that. Top Gun Maverick. Okay, yeah, you keep going. I'm sorry. Yeah, Top Gun <laughs> Maverick, uh, it, it's it's just, it's tugging on the heartstrings from from something that was 30 years ago, right? It's, it's a great movie, and they did, you know, the, the filming of it is so good. But it is literally like, hey, what if we took this guy and put him back in a fucking... Uh, a plane with his buddy's kid <laughs> it's the same story it's just but it is fun i give it but it's it's not best picture worthy to win it, i love the fact that he got nominated because it, it shows that hey you know what fuck this is what people like let's let's give the people what they like at least in the category and so uh you know that's that for the ones that i watch and i don't think fablemans could be anywhere in the 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 close to top i don't think triangles of sadness will overtake um the uh everywhere everywhere everything everywhere all at once and i know tar won't uh the trailer alone told me that that movie is not good enough to take it over and same with uh women talking although women talking looked interesting to me tar i have nothing to do i, I watching that trailer i was literally like i don't even want to watch that trailer again there's nothing in this movie for me. I, I just, there was nothing that excited me about it. So, so that's, that would be for me if I had to, if I had to pick what I would pick and that's how I hope it goes. I hope everything everywhere all at once wins. I hope the actors actually kill it all the way across. I hope that thing sweeps a ton. So I, that's I, where I'm at. I think hear, hearing what you said, especially about the movies that you saw, I am pretty much in alignment with, with what, what you're saying. Um, I have a difference in the ones that I saw additionally <laughs> that I'd probably uh, add some. I, 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 was I was very taken by Tar. Um, really? I okay. don't. But, you know, I'm a big fan of um, Kate Blanchett. She has, she, it's, a, it's a powerhouse of her performance. It's, it still is a very paranoia-driven movie, though, like Rosemary's Baby. I mean, there's something that's kind of unsettling about it. Even though it doesn't come across as any sort of horror, there's a few moments of, of, of paranoia. But, but for me, it just kept drawing me back there. But there's, that's, that's a movie that's saying a lot more about power and how we, you know, how people who abuse their power a little bit are called out in this in this day and age a little bit more even without even without a crime being committed it's it's an interesting See, uh perspective and i was really drawn towards it it's not okay. not my best pick but the, but i, I have the trailer for me kind of went that the paranoia she's a yeah. little bit crazy and acting on that that's what the trailer portrayed but to me, that's also the downside of what the trailer portrayed because I'm like, I don't want to see this woman act crazy and just be crazy and in her own mind. Like, yeah, that's what did, that's what made me not want to watch it. Well, one thing that when I said Rosemary's Baby and there's other movies that are they're they're more subtle than that. And this movie, when you watch the trailer, I think was a little bit over overbearing little bit busy in fact when i originally saw the trailer i was like oh that sounds like an that looks like an <laughs> art house movie and uh, i don't think it's going to get an audience with that trailer um right I, I was a little bit more taken by it though when i when i saw it it's 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 a more interesting character portrayal um she's a okay. conductor and she's put in a position where she's um conducting a, a very prominent orchestra <laughs> yeah it could be very boring um but i was really drawn towards it it's it's it was interesting because she she's 
She's in a position of power. She's got kind of, she's married with a, with a child, but she's also got a little bit of a, of an attraction towards one of the people that she kind of brings on board and stuff. And it's, and, and then there's some past things that happen and it's what kind of happens out of that. It all, how it comes crashing down, but what crime ever gets committed. It's interesting. It's almost like cancel culture and kind of exploring that. How <laughs> someone gets canceled. Okay. Um, but, uh, so the, I think that's worth watching if, I don't know if it's worth you watching though. Cause yeah, you, you know, you're already not. kind of turned off, but women talking is very much like, uh, something you'd see on stage. It's, it's people that this, I heard that it's a it's, lot of, it's, it's kind of a, a, yeah, it's like a commune constructive Kurt co- constructive, uh, conversations. Yeah. Between but the it's, women. it's a situation where it's a very, um, uh, it's, it's a commune of, of a Christian, you know, very, a, a yeah, good, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what you, I don't know the, the lingo, but no, but I, well, what I read was that the, it's, it's, it's a situation where the women are being, they figure out they're being raped, being drugged and raped or whatever. Yeah. And then it's the conversation of whether they, uh, leave, uh, fight or, uh, um, or do nothing. Forgive, forgive, right? Forgive. It's forgive, well, that, leave, or fight. The forgive is that's what that's what the the people in power say. The the yeah the the, the people that have gone off to jail, they're going to come back, and you need to forgive them, and then we will move on. And yeah, and, <laughs> and I get it. And so it's a very powerful, like emotional state. And and what I understand and what I read is is people were saying that. Um, it's the conversations that the women have and stuff it's, like it's that. It's interesting because they explore all sorts of uh, uh, ideas and differing points of view, and they do it in a, in a very interesting way to make you feel like it's not just pushing an agenda. It's it's trying to figure out how to move forward in a way that makes right. you feel like you are someone, somebody. It's 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 effective, but it's it's again. Sometimes it sacrifices um, kind of the filmmaking medium in the process because it's focused much more on on dialogue and and it may not be a, a film that really captures the cinematic medium to its full potential. It's something you might get more drawn in towards on a stage play or something like that. But Got it's, it. it's Got still it. effective. Um, Triangle of Sadness was. <laughs> A romp. It was fun. It was gross. Yeah, people getting seasick on 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 a boat and crazy things happening. Um, there was a movie I saw by the same director called Oh, it's called um, Oh crap. That's a French. It's a French title, and I'm gonna look it up while I'm while I'm talking. Um, but uh, it was it was an interesting movie. It's kind of again. It, Focuses on the elite the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. The trailer looked hilarious. Just Woody Harrelson as the captain just has this, you know, Woody Harrelson has this persona about him of just this laid back, I don't give a fuck kind of attitude. And then as a captain, I was like, that's a perfect captain for a ship full of fucking rich people that think their shit don't stink. And when shit goes south, they're going to be like, oh, you got to fix it. He's like, dude, I can't fix exactly. it. Exactly. Just. Just suffer. Yeah, and and, so and, and that's, that's what this is. And they all he also did. The director did a movie called Force Majeure. That that's the one I was trying to think of, which is uh, okay. Which is a you know about about a man that brings his family up to on a ski trip, and then there's a, an avalanche. Oh, and rather than going to 
he runs rather than going to protect his family and, and nothing ever oh, comes. The, well, the avalanche doesn't do anything. It just, it ends. But then he comes wandering, wandering back and it's, it, suddenly they're like, what the hell he happened? has to face his wife and it, and it becomes, the whole movie becomes this uncomfortable feeling of, of this, I'm the kind of person that's going to run rather than protect my family. And, and it's, it's just a very interesting social exploration of, of, of that, of that dynamic between this, this couple. So they even made it into American movie with, uh, Elaine and, and, uh, an elf. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I love I, the fact you're my IMDb Steve, right? And you call them by their character's name. It's Ellen DeGeneres, or not Ellen DeGeneres. Um, uh, what's her name? Um, why can't I think of it? And uh, See, it's so I could keep the oh, conversation movie ra- moving rather than having to come up with their names. But uh, Yeah, no, no. You go right ahead and get them. Um, um, the, the only downside, I think, for Triangle of Sadness Ellen. is that... Once it was, once the movie was over, I didn't really think about it much more. It just kind of left me. It, it, Got it. It, it. it 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 was fun. It was interesting, but but it wasn't interesting in a sustained way. That's why Banshees of Inisherin was. I you know I could see that. I could. I, I watched that three times in a week before our podcast, and I could keep watching it. I was so drawn. I to want it. to watch it again. I agree. That's I, I'm with you. The language, the characters, the you know, all the portrayals, and it and it's fascinating. That that's my pick for best picture. I don't. I think everything, okay. everywhere, all at once is going to get it, and I think it is deser- deserves it because because it's it it kind of crosses genres. It invites this thoughtful conversation to a to to more of a almost like a marvel movie it's like it's like it brings brings these genres <laughs> together in such an effective way that uh that i think i think it's going to win and i think it, it deserves it but it's still my my favorite my pick was was banshees of inishirin um okay tar was that, that tar was my second so tar was my third um really yeah interesting okay and uh that had that had me thinking about things afterwards. I, I'm not sure if I want to see that again. Um, I, I had to pay for it on, uh, you know, it was a rental, so I I, do, I don't have the opportunity. To, but it, I'll probably catch it again when it comes out onto one of the streaming ones I own. If if it if it hits hits one. Did you say it was on like Peacock or something? Uh, Tar. Let's see. Um, yes, yeah, streaming on Peacock. Okay. Well, I don't. Have I have Peacock, that if you if you need. I have it if you yeah. need to come over and watch it or. Secretly, I'll send you the login. Isn't that one where they also have the Star Trek uh, shows? Yes. Yeah. Eventually, I might oh have to get back to watch uh, watch some of the Star that Trek. That new Star Trek is so good. I cannot wait for the next. And I'm that kind of I'm kind good. of interested in seeing. I didn't watch Picard season two because Picard, Picard season one sucked so much, but uh, <laughs> but but season three sounds like it's it's almost like I, I've heard the, the same thing. The whole cast of Next Generation is back, so yeah, I'm kind of. I, I've heard the same thing. That. They're like, oh my god, Picard's so good. I'm like, Picard, what? I I'm putting Top Gun Maverick as my number four. I I thought it was a popcorn movie. It embraced that '80s uh, style effectively, and it's so entertaining. Um, yeah, it's, it falls into some, some, some kind of the same old, same old, but it just, it's got great action. It was a fun movie. It was a fun movie. And Tom Cruise is just always very engaging and, and, <laughs> and, and likable, even though, you know, I think we've, we've kind of he's hit Tom about, Cruise. you know, he's, he's got his, he's got his real life that people continue to, to shit on. And yet he can still 
pull these hits out and everyone get, flocks to the theater to see him because of the stuff that he is the actor version that Spielberg is a director. He can do no wrong as an actor. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. What is he? I mean, he hasn't really put out a bunch of stinkers, but like, if he puts something out, people are going to go see it because he he just puts out bangers as movies. Yeah, there. I think there were a couple that you know he's able to move on. He when he puts out a stinker, you know, and and get over it, and then put out something that's really good. So he's tried a few <laughs> things recently that haven't worked, but but most off, often he can he can really carry a film, um, and he promotes it too. He'll come out and put his heart into promoting it, which is, which says a lot. Um, women talking is after that. Then triangles, okay. triangles cool. of sadness after that. And then I get into my, my bottom picks, which I did put Fableman's at the top, but then all quiet on the Western front. Elvis, Tom Hanks just really kind of brought that movie down, right. which, which is unfortunate. I agree with you. We, you can get to our podcast where we talk about that, but, and then avatar way of water, which I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're just trying to, uh, it's, it's the original it, script, and then they throw water on it. It well, really is. It, 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 it almost different. It also just it, it proves that that Academy Awards is just trying to draw a more diverse audience True. to watch the awards show. And it, I mean, that's the only way you're going to get the audiences out to see some of these lesser known ones is if they're drawn towards a platform like the Oscars that that is going to promote. You know, the way they get them, they get these audiences there is they they celebrate movies that are a little bit more mainstream, like like True. Elvis and Avatar and, and Top Gun. So I get it. Um, but awards it's are, are strange. It's it's like what what constitutes <laughs> a winner I mean, or what constitutes the best? Well, that's it. It's 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 them pat, pat themselves on the back 100 percent. But, you, you know, I think about this like I, I literally have never been a let's go see all the Oscar movies in the past. But seeing some of these I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's some out there that I've I really should have seen. Yeah. That may not have won, but we're like in the up and running and like I maybe I should have seen. I, I, I don't I'm not an art house fan necessarily, but like everything everywhere all at once, that's you know, that's the kind of movie I would love to see and how many of those snuck in there yeah. that I didn't know about. That's true. I saw last week I went to the theater and caught cocaine bear. So <laughs> yes. there's one that next year will definitely be in this uh, best picture. Now, it's, it has, <laughs> so its, I heard it has its moments. It's overall, it's, it's fine, but it has its moments of just absolute delight. <laughs> so I heard that because cocaine bear is doing so well that they're going to uh, make a new one called meth gator. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm all about that one. I think that'll be funny. Uh, I just think it's a, uh, the, the trailer for me makes me laugh so much. And yeah. cocaine bear, it, it makes me want to go see it for sure. I think the first uh, half of the movie is, is awesome. I think it kind of falls a little short after that, but, uh, oh, but it's it's a, yeah, I mean, how, you can only go so far do with not, it. <laughs> do not bring your wife to go see that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> she's not much into bears anyways, and she's not much into cocaine. So I don't think there's any way she's going to see cocaine. Well, fortunately uh, they, they, they make the, the bears almost the heroes here in this, that, that, <laughs> You know, you start you start rooting for him, and (laughs) oh no, that's funny. Oh, that's too good. All right, cool. Uh, So yeah, we you know, I I wanted to like Fablemans. I I, when I when I heard it was the Spielberg story, it made me think of you because I I literally was like, God, this is gonna be like watching Steve's Steve's childhood. (laughs) You know, I knew you you did your little films and stuff like that. Um, I think it failed on on almost all points. Uh, of what it could have been. 
Uh, I don't know why this isn't up for Best Picture. Um, it's not that great movie. It, you know, I I'm very I'm very liberal with my 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 ratings on most movies. Like I'm I'm pretty like if it's not not like just horrible, I usually rate them a seven on on B. If they're like if they're really really good, I almost never give a ten. It's like a nine. So everything's like a seven to nine. This one I actually rated as like a six. Yeah. This was one of those ones I, I feel bad that I paid $6 to watch this. Um, this is one that I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I would have waited till it was it was streaming and I'm already paying the goddamn money. It's not horrible, but it's also, like, it's not the greatest story either. So, And, you know, critics um, that, that are out there, you know, what are critics? They're just failed filmmakers you know so so maybe they're drawn towards there's towards so this story because they all have this story in their in their past okay that they yeah, can i see they that. can relate to so it's possible that we're seeing we're seeing a lot of that not not just sucking up but to, professional critics are also paid by yeah. these people that are in this business so they're they're yeah. i trust <laughs> i trust podcasters more than i trust professional critics Right, damn straight. We've got careers. <laughs> <laughs> well, because also it's like we're going to give you the opinion of the everyday guy, not someone that's that's taking money to write these and 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 express these opinions, and then also knowing that if I piss people off, I'm not going to get that dollar the next day. Nah, we pay to put this money fucking shit out there for you guys to hear. Yeah, and so we, whether you like it or not. We're still going to pay to put it out there. I mean, we we don't we're not getting any money for our opinions. We're actually paying to put, give you our opinions. So I, those are the people I'd rather hear from is, is non-professional critics, the, the everyday man. Now, uh, you know, also when I get onto IMDb and stuff like that, you know, I know there's a lot of that review bombing stuff. So I usually will go in there and I wish they would do their numbers. I wish they would do them two ways. Overall, like just take all the numbers. And then I want them to go in there and take out the tens and take out the ones. Because those are probably the legit... Uh, you know, numbers you're going to get is really the nines through two, the two through nines. People that rate stuff a 10 are probably just overly excited and just don't really know what they're talking about. Or they're just like trying to uh, outdo the people that are, are bad mouthing it. And the people that put something in as a one are really just trying to shit on it just because they are doing it for some ne for nefarious reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a hard gauge when you when you're going to promote your your movie because if you piss off some group or you know do something right, that's gonna right. gonna affect the 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 fans of previous iterations of the same product that happens a lot in like Marvel and you know any, <laughs> any sort of any sort of um, product that's being redone, which is a lot these days. Um, if it doesn't quite match the older version or something like that, there's going to be someone that's offended, and so. Well, what's um, really amazing too, though. Oh, sorry. No, that's. As I said, what's what's really amazing is when you get the two different, uh, like Rotten Tomatoes does a good job because they put the critic score and they put the people score. What's really amazing is when you see such a disparity against, like, where critics just love it and fucking normal people shit on it. You're like, mm, what's that saying? Or the vice versa, where vice versa, critics yeah. are like, oh, this this is horrible, but all the all the people are going, what are you talking about? This is fucking great. And they see that all the time, and that's why I don't trust critics. Sure, because I was like, "This is this is paid for more than more than anything." Yeah. So, which is what I think we give you a view of you. You kind of, uh, and don't take this the wrong way. You kind of tend to give more of the critics' view 
Um, and I think it's because your background in, in film theory and stuff like that, you look at things more like a critic would, where I look at things of more of the mundane uh, idiot that goes to the movies and just says, oh, look, that's fun. You know? <laughs> well, I, I do try to acknowledge something when it's, you know, when it drives the entertainment, like Top Gun Maverick or something like that. Right, you right, know, right. Point out that, okay, this is going to, you know, this gets gets my intellectual fancy going, but it doesn't have much cinematic to offer. And so, yeah, I mean, there's a balance and it's not always easy. Sometimes it's just how you're feeling. You know, when I watched Fablemans, right. I was, you know, <laughs> this was a couple days ago when I had my little, you know, stomach flu feeling mm. you know and and so it's possible that i was just a little sick to my stomach maybe you didn't even have stomach flu <laughs> maybe you, you maybe, didn't yeah. even have stomach flu it was just the fableman's making you upset <laughs> no uh no i get it in in, in in truth like the more that we've done this podcast and the more that i've talked to you uh you you rub off of me a lot and i start to see the things that you would see like uh, uh banshees of inner and like some of the background shots and how things were shot, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I, I really get more into that than I used to. And, and you know, Fableman's, like I said, the one thing that I really was impressed with was the acting. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's something I may not have paid attention to as much before uh, because, you know, but you, you know, that's one of the things you talk about in some of the stuff we've done. Is, and then so that, that rubs off. And so I start to see, so yeah, you know, I, hopefully I'm having a, a similar effect, not necessarily bad on you, that where you're like, hey, yeah, popcorn can be fun. Let's blow up and have some boobs. And where <laughs> I'm getting from you, where it's like, hey, look, the acting and the screen composition and the story and, you know, all the stuff that really makes a movie good. <laughs> well, I just saw a trailer for the new Chris Evans movie with, uh, um, I can't remember her name, Annis. So she was, um, well, it, it it's a it's called, I don't know, she's a, she's a, she's a, CIA agent or bounty hunter or something like that. But Chris Evans, they have kind of a, of a fling of a relationship. And then she, Oh, it's called like un, uh, friend zone or something, something to that effect. But she, <laughs> or she ends up going, going away. Um, and uh -huh. ghost, it's called ghosted, ghosted. Sorry, not ghosted. No, okay. Ghosted. Um, and the trailer, if you watch it, it's a blast. It's so much fun at the and same time. Emirates. At the same time, it's a story that, what what'd you say? Uh, it's Anna de Arams. Yeah, 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 yeah. She was in Knives Out and and the last Bond movie. She's 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 adorable and she's very talented. Um, but and she plays kind of the spy in this. Um, okay. So it's kind of like like night and day the 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 Cameron Tom Cruise movie. Um, but but you know he's the one that gets drug on this this adventure and put be been put in harm's way. Um, so oh, it's, okay. so it's one of those, yeah, it's a very, uh, again, it's very derivative as far as you've seen it over and over again. But if a filmmaker can capture magic doing the same old thing and you're, you've got performances that are, are, you know, the, the, they're both kind of the major box office draws for a reason. They have that right. kind of that, uh, cinematic in, engaging quality about, about, them you want to see them on screen um and uh and so so i'm i'm looking forward to that even though i don't think it's gonna intellectually get me too excited but it's just <laughs> it's a good ride it's i mean it's something that's, i can go see with my wife too that's something that when well, i see a movie you're not even have to go anywhere that's coming out on uh, april 21st 19 or uh, 2023 on apple plus yeah plus. So i'll have to get apple plus see that's one that i don't have right now but I do you know want... what? You guys could probably come over to our house. We'll have a, <laughs> a 
friends' night out. We'll, we'll watch a movie. That's not a bad idea. We'll play some strip foosball, you know. Yeah, that sounds like a fun one, and I know my wife would be. Yeah, I know my wife would be really into seeing that. Um, so, yeah, cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. You know, it's interesting. Um, I haven't watched a ton of stuff with with uh, Chris Evans in it. Um, the Nice Out, I think, is one of the main ones I can think of where he hasn't been Captain America. I'm not so sure I like him outside of being Captain America. <laughs> There's something about him like, no, you're supposed to be Captain America. What are you doing? What about um, the flame on guy? Uh, what, what's what's? Oh God, when he was uh, uh, in uh, Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he was horrible in that. Okay. <laughs> thought, maybe, um, thought maybe it was a Marvel thing, but uh, no, you didn't like. No, him no, either. like in Knives Out, he was good, but it was one of those. It was hard to like. Well, wait, you're you're Captain America. What are you doing? Uh, free guy. You know, was another one where it's kind of like, oh, you know, it just he, uh, so was he in Free Guy? Yeah. Okay. He's it's. I think it's a smaller part. Okay, Ryan Reynolds um, is actually kind of. They've they've almost got that same kind of energy a little bit. Um, right. Ryan Reynolds. Could I think Ryan Reynolds movie. owns it. I think Chris Evans. There's something about him. And just, but he's in Gray Man, which is supposed. To, I haven't. Okay. Um. But yeah. So, uh, really quick, uh, is there anything else you're Excited to watch, or you're well. I, now that uh, I am excited, it looks like uh, we're going to be podcasting on Last of Us next week, and and, and yes. possibly all nine episodes. So I've only seen the first three, I believe. So I've got some watching what? to do. Oh right. my god! And I'm I'm excited. I've been I've been enjoying it, so I'm 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 excited to watch the rest of them. But that's that's uh, boy, that's six hours of of episodes. You are not going to be disappointed because they are all. Really good episodes. Okay, well, I would probably take them two at a time. Yeah, I would. <laughs> no, no, I would. I mean, I'm just saying it. I would take them like two at a time, kind of thing. Just, just I'm not too worried. I mean, I got through four movies for this week. Uh, you know, so, right, um, it, but it's it's one of the best series I've seen in a long time. I, I will say that 100. percent Um, cool. Uh, I don't know if you've been able to watch it yet, but Mandalorian is back. Mandalorian season three. I watched I, the first episode. I watched the first episode. I was a little bored. <laughs> tell you the I think truth. That, but... I, yeah, I, I think the second episode drops tonight. Okay. Um, I'm kind of with you. I was, I was like, there's some things in it. I was like, oh, I was like, the trailer looks so fucking good. And then I'm kind of like, oh. What, what are, yeah. we, are we trying to sell toys here? What are we doing? What's, yeah. what's going on? It, it felt it um, felt like it was past its prime. I mean, uh, like like it's just it's been almost like drawing the story it's out, starting and, to jump the shark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I will say that one of the things I am looking forward to is uh, we got Ted Lasso coming back. Oh yeah. Um, for the last last season, of, yeah. Yeah, and History of the World Part Two. <laughs> yeah. I cannot say how excited i am for this i have been saying for a longest time mel brooks could not release shows without people like losing their minds today <laughs> and here he goes he's doing it but he's bringing all the top stars in and they're all behind it and it, is he in it looks it? I like it's i didn't i mean i saw him in the he's trailer like a, where he's, he's like 600 years old yeah so okay. i don't know I, yeah I, I saw him announce that oh this is the movie and i watched the trailer but i didn't see him in the actual movie footage if so he I, is it's probably him sitting in a chair i don't think he moves very much anymore yeah. but i think he was behind the he he wrote it and i think he directed um, I think he was really? as much involved as he Nice. Yeah. Um, but it is his humor. The The trailer shows right away. You're like, oh, yeah, it's back. I, I cannot wait for this. This is the kind of thing that I think uh, people of our age that grew up with, with his movies that are going to be like, yes, 
this is what we need. This is what we, this is what should be, people should be watching and laughing at and not getting offended and fucking canceling. So I'm excited for that. So hopefully everything goes well because, um, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of good shows coming out. Uh, I can't wait to do uh, do some of these. The Last of Us. God, I can't wait to talk about that. It's such a good, good series. I don't, I don't want to push my opinion on you. I am fully intrigued by it, and that has. I've never played the game. I think it's really well done. Um, but there, I mean, like everything, there's there's small issues. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see what you come up with. Well, maybe I'll uh, cool. so, see if I get if I can download the game too and play play a little bit of it. Uh, before before Wednesday. Good on good on you because I think that's one of the RPG ones that take like you know when when people say oh I completed it and you're like well how many hours it's four or five hundred hours or <laughs> well no like I, I wouldn't I don't get inv- it it'd be only if my son you know he's played tons of games true he might yeah he, he might have, if it's on Steam he might be able to just share it with me that's what he's done with games before and I'll just play like a half an hour just to kind of get a taste of it that's all <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm not a gamer I don't even know what Steam is I don't, oh. know, I don't even know what Steam is okay sorry I'm, it's, a, <laughs> it's a gaming no, platform I, it's a way <laughs> I know a, it is. I know that much but I'm like I don't even know how to do that there, <laughs> someone asked me at work like oh do you do it on Steam I'm like what <laughs> I don't even know what that is is it a, is it on PlayStation 2 I have that no I I have I actually I I have a place yeah your kids don't don't do uh any gaming right they no actually no they do oh, okay. surprisingly my my kids are are more gamer than than you would think they do uh, console I, they do they do consoles and they're actually into role playing games now. Right. We've been playing board games a lot lately. Oh yeah, it's, it's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice uh, way to get the family some, together here too. We have them come over sometimes and we'll play games. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, uh, that was our take on Fablemans. Um, take it as you will, uh, and uh, join us again next week when we we hit the Last of Us, uh, the nine uh, episode miniseries on HBO Max. If you uh, haven't watched it. What are you doing? Get your butt on there. Watch all nine episodes and join us next week. Uh, and if you listen to our podcasts, uh, previous podcasts, you can you can find out uh, how the movies we picked fair on on Sunday. The Academy Awards is this. Yeah, Sunday, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if you have uh, uh, Academy Award picks, uh, send them in before before the 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 um, Oscars on Sunday, uh, you can send them to us on our Facebook or Instagram or uh, our at our email, which is the.hwsi.podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you're listening to this on any platform, the link is there somewhere at the bottom. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite uh, podcast platforms. And join us uh, again next week and the week after. And uh, download some of those old ones, too. What the heck? (laughs) That's it for us. Hail Caesars. Hail Caesars. What does that mean?